Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. This is episode 1031, my interview with Dom Farnan, and we're talking about conscious leadership. Enjoy. Hello, Dom. Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. Great to have you here today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Lee. Nice to be here. You're almost a fellow Aussie, aren't you, really, being married to one? Almost, yeah. Been there (laughs) several times. That's awesome. And you're from California. Tell us a bit about your day. Yeah, I'm from California. Um, I was just living on the East Coast for five years. We just moved back to Laguna Beach. So the OC, it's really beautiful. It's it's kind of a heat wave right now. So it's probably 85 degrees here. I think, what is that, like in the 30s for you guys or somewhere yeah, around now, 20s? I can't figure out the yeah. conversions. Yeah, probably nice somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And um, so probably uh, early afternoon for you or? Yeah. Something like that. yeah, it's, it's four thirty here. Just you're my last conversation for the day, and I have a nice little dinner date for my ten year wedding anniversary tonight. Oh, lovely! Where are you going? Well, randomly enough, we're going to a restaurant called Harley. That is a new restaurant in town, but it was the old first restaurant we ever went on our first date to. So I don't oh. know how that all worked out, but it'll be good. That's cool. Yeah, nice. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Good, good milestone. So let's just talk about a little bit, a little bit about your career. You're the founder and CEO of Dot Connect. Um, you've also the founder of Path Connect. Um, so really, finding exceptional people is is what you do um, in the recruitment space and uh, working with organisations as well um, to help them better improve, I suppose, their teams. Um, as yeah. far as I understand, anyway. But you give us a brief about you know your your career and how you got here and and what you're currently doing. Yeah, so I'm probably pretty atypical for recruiter background. Um, I started my career when I was 17, so I've only ever just recruited. I've been working in this industry for 20 years now. And um, what led me to starting my team and and really founding DotConnect was my solopreneur career started to take off and and I really kind of hit capacity and burnout in 2018 and decided rather than just you know, fold it all up and change careers. Why not take what I know, expand my clients to bring in people who I can train up on uh, the tactics of recruiting and the soft skills that it takes. And so that really birthed my business back in 2019. And we're about 90 people now and growing globally. Yeah. I have yeah. an amazing team of sourcers in South Africa and Africa and the rest of us are all over the US. Okay. So you found, when did you found the company, .connect? Um, on paper, 2012, just for me, for my own company. And then 2019, I built my team. Okay. And so you're running as a solopreneur for, mm-hmm. for many years, I guess, six years or so. Yeah. Doing your thing and what just felt fatigued and burnt out after that. Yeah. And then after that, I just leveraged my network. So I went to the nine clients that I had and I pitched them on me bringing in my quote unquote team. I hadn't really identified my team at that point. However, I knew I could pull together talented people to help me. And so that's what I started to do and really poured a lot of my energy into, you know, expanding my offering to those existing clients, really ensuring that the team that I trained up was able to deliver as a senior level recruiter, like I was, um, there was a lot of hard lessons along the way and then, you know, COVID hit and it was a very sketchy time. Nobody was hiring. So we weathered the storm, made it out to the other side. Last year grew a lot. And now 
you know, we're, like I said, on a really strong trajectory. And in those years, you know, I started on my own personal healing journey and just going from my burnout to looking inward, doing my own self-healing work, working with coaches, um, doing a variety of different healing retreats on tons of different modalities like breath work and plant medicine. And that really just expanded my consciousness and awareness and led me to bringing back this movement that now is redefining my own corporate culture and helping to um, weigh in on the company's cultures that we're building. Yeah. Wow. I want to delve into that. Um, Firstly, just going back to the recruitment part, I mean, you've worked for some, some fairly significant companies. A lot of people would be aware, Snapchat, Samsung, Mm-hmm. Zendesk, um, yeah. so they're, they're fairly common names, probably a bunch of others as well. Um, you know, working in recruitment, uh, how do you, because I guess we've got listeners out there that are small business owners or um, small operators and maybe need to to recruit an, uh, an employee or maybe need to improve their recruitment strategy as a total. What Where do we begin as far as finding the best people for our goal or company? Yeah, I think a good place to start is, to look at yourself and understand your values as a human and as a business and make sure you have those flushed out and they're very clear and then build the profiles of the talent that you're trying to attract aligning with those values. And it may not always be, it's not as easy as just black and white skills and role responsibility and requirements. You have to kind of think a bit more holistically, you know, what is this person going to own and work on, but what are they also going to learn when they're in the, the role for your company. In some cases, it's hard, I think, for people who have maybe smaller businesses to really um, take a step back and understand where their gaps are or you know, maybe do a skills assessment on themselves, what they're good at, what they're not good at, what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, what they want to own and delegate. And those types of things to begin with are a good jumping off place. But I think it all just starts and gets rooted in, in values to begin with. So matching the values? Matching the values, like ensuring values alignment, and then even your your job descriptions as you're defining it out to the market, you know, put your candidate hat on and think about if you were the person reading the job description, would they want to come and work for you? Does it sound exciting? Because if you're saying really boring things about your company and what they're going to do on their day-to-day, chances are you're not going to spark a lot of interest. So, you know, think from the opposite vantage point as you're writing your job description and really flesh it out but start with you know what is your what is your mission what are you here to do what's your vision what are the values that support that mission and vision and what do the people who you're going to hire you know need to embody to do well in your company so we focus a lot in my company on one of our core values is growth mindset so I look for people who do things outside of recruiting you know what are you doing are you podcasting are you a youtube creator are you um you know a linkedin influencer like whatever it is that's interesting to you that's not just your day job bucket is is showing me that you're wanting to try different things or that you're wanting to grow um Mm. in a different way and that aligns with our values how do you determine the um values i mean is that something that you you find a lot of businesses don't have I found a lot of businesses will say that they have values or they'll put them on their website or they say that they're mission driven. But when you get into working with them, what they say and how they behave are two different things. Yeah. So 
you know, one book that we we read and reference, and we actually send it to our clients now. It's called the 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. Hmm. And that really helps to begin a process of positive change and relational and organizational resolution. So we have like these commitments that we live by and our guiding principles. And then, you know, we embody those behaviors within our company and how we operate and how we show up. And we send the book to our clients and we share the word and we hope that it impacts them and creates a ripple effect. So you kind of have to be the change that you want to see in our world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Any, any, any um, major, major hurdles you come up against in, in recruiting for these companies? Like, is there any common things that you think you've found that we could all benefit from listening and learning from? Yeah, I think not a lot of people actually have ever formally been trained on hiring or interviewing. There's a lot of people who interview and hire a lot of talent, but they've never actually taken a step back to create defined questions that are standard or put their process on paper to ensure that it's um, unbiased, fair and equitable. And you're treating everybody with dignity and respect throughout your process from day one. Um, so I, I see a lot of that. I see a lot of people who are just rushing to fill seats, but not thinking holistically about being intentional in their process and thinking about creating an experience for somebody who they're trying to call into their company. Mm. Why do you think that is that they don't have those defined? Um, you know, a lot of times it could be startups or, you know, small businesses, not super sophisticated. They don't know, but there are tons of resources online that people can, you can Google anything these days and get, you know, here's a a handbook for questions for salespeople or or marketing or whatever it is that you're looking to hire for. It doesn't matter the function. There are resources out there that you can template and, you know, reinvent to support your own business. It doesn't have to be something that, you create from scratch. Sometimes you may think it's overwhelming to create a defined interview plan. I've never done it before. If you Google it, you'll get a template, plug it in for your business, apply your values and boom, it's done right there for you. Yeah. Do you th- is there an easy way to determine a company's values or is it just, you know? I think it starts at the leadership level. Yeah. You know, the, the founder, the CEO, the executives, they need to know, they need to set the tone. They need to say what's important to them and why. If you look at all the big companies, you know, like Amazon, it's like customer obsession or customer first. Every day is day one and whatever their values are that they're calling out. But that was set by Jeff Bezos and his executive team. And it's pretty steadfast. It doesn't always change over time. So, you know, I think it's a good place for you, even just as a human, personally, take a step back and and think about what are your values? Yeah. Time, freedom, creative freedom, flexibility, family time, financial abundance, whatever they mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. put them down on paper and then yep. think about, you know, how does your team member need to exhibit those values in, in their in their daily life and the job that they're doing for you and the decisions they're making for your company and what's in support of that? Because once you're grounded in that, it's really easy to make choices. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we talk a lot about values on the show here, particularly on the individual level. And um, it's just something that, you know, sometimes you connect with and then you sort of just, it goes to the wayside because you're just caught up in the everyday busyness of life, aren't you? And I think that's uh, on the company level too. You get caught up in all the tasks, but don't sometimes focus on the bigger picture stuff, which is very important. Yeah. Time consuming, yeah. um, which is probably why a lot of people put it off, I imagine. Yeah, but it's also going to be 
more cost effective because when you make the right hire, they can transform your business and grow it and make more money and create more impact or whatever the goals are. If you make the wrong hire and you let them sit in your company, it's going to cost you 15 times their annual salary to keep them around or deal with what mess they're leaving you when they exit your company. Yeah. And what's your, just on that, what's your philosophy on, you know, hire, hire fast and fire faster. I know it sounds quite negative. I think think it's, I think it's spot on. I didn't really believe it until I had to start scaling out my own team. You know, I was always the person who was the recruiter recruiting for companies that were hiring, not ever hiring for my own company. So my philosophy has evolved quite a bit. Um, I probably used to be the recruiter that was not pushing to make the decision, but pushing to really think about making the right decision with intention and pushing along a process. However, now I definitely am more about finding the right fit, finding the right cultural contribution and cultural add to your organization, looking for people who maybe have non-traditional backgrounds or don't even have any direct experience in your industry to bring a fresh perspective and Mm. growing your team intentionally out like that and looking at like the sum of all players. Do you think that's a, I mean, a, a clever way to go hiring without experience? Because um, personally, actually, I've just put someone on that didn't have experience in this field, um, and so far, amazing, you know. Yeah, no, I think so. So we have like a two prong approach. So Path Connect, one of my businesses, is our technical recruiter accelerator boot camp, and so we hire junior, and then we train them up through Path Connect, and it's usually like a twelve week program, and we're building out other programs non-technical recruiting, sourcing, different capabilities across our entire organization. That's one way to grow your talent. And then the second way is really look for career pivoters. So I have a senior level team and a lot of the hires that we've made at that level come from career pivots. Some of them never ever worked in recruiting until they worked here. And we've taught them the nuances of our industry and what we do, but it's actually great because they come to the table with fresh ideas innovation, different perspectives, you know, customer personas that we think through and scenarios. And so I found that, you know, looking at career pivots and also juniors and growing them up your way is, has been really successful. And success rate wise, I guess it's, it varies, but I assume um, as a professional recruiter, you'd probably have a higher success rate, but is there sort of an average that you think, you know, of, of the total of you know, the hundred percent people we recruit 80% last or 20% last or is yeah, it case I, by case? I mean, when it comes to our clients, it really varies case by case. Um, yeah. When it comes to our own company, we probably have 10% turnover or, or lower. Um, yeah. And my teams, they've kind of grown and evolved and changed roles. And we're really focused this year on looking at right people, right seats, with the right skill sets who actually get it and want it and can, can do it well. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it depends on the industry too. So it is a bit of a journey recruitment and then moving forward, you, you talk about bringing consciousness into the workplace just to find, what does that mean exactly that you're talking about there? Yeah. So when I think about it, I think conscious leaders, you know, make decisions and they have choices every day and Mm. they can be in their emotions and they can react to things and they can be constantly knee jerking and just, you know, have high stress and anxiety and project whatever gets projected onto them. Um, like most normal quote unquote bosses do, but when you're conscious, you are choosing 
to be mindful of your responses and intentional about how you communicate and how you show up. And it's hard work. I've been on my conscious leadership journey for about a year now. I've been on my inner work and healing journey for two years now. And it's, I always joke, I say it's called inner work. It's not inner party. Like it is hard ass stuff that you do when you're looking inward and you're trying to figure out like why you are the way you are or what happened when you were a kid that made you this way or that way, or all of these different elements of your life and layers and layers of, of things that you sort out. Um, but I will say that for me, being on this journey of becoming a conscious leader and, and, um, really committing to these values and principles has transformed my life, my marriage, my relationship with my son and my business. And, you know, we, we probably wouldn't have been able to grow as much as we've been growing and working on the projects that we're working on with the people that we're working with, with the team that we have, if I wasn't on this journey, if I was still a corporate toxic control freak, micromanagement, psycho boss, like I was in 2019, we wouldn't have a company. <laughs> like we just wouldn't. I already know that. Well, at least you're honest, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it takes a lot of self-reflection and a lot of like being real, real. And it's ugly. Like I've had a lot of tough moments where I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Or I was like that, or I made that person cry or I yelled at them or I, you know, and I'm not perfect. I still have my moments. I still get in my feelings and have a freak out or whatever, or, or project if I get projected on. Um, mm. But at least now I have a lot of awareness and I do try and be mindful and I do try and embody the things that I'm learning and bring that yep. back to my team so that they can really focus on being calm, centered and balanced. And we can show up as calm, conscious connectors instead of like crazy frazzled, you know, reactive recruiters who, you know, are stressed out all the time. Like that's what people think a lot of times when they think of recruiters. Really? Yeah. Um, so really this, this level of consciousness you're talking about is, is making sure the leadership teams are, are conscious individuals um, so that they can better lead their teams without being sort of run off external values or ego or things like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the first commitment they talk about in the book is really just taking full responsibility for the circumstances of your life, your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, and yep. then committing to supporting others to take full responsibility for their lives. So like, I really live that. I, I have affirmations that I say, and one of them is that I'm the creator of my reality. And right now my reality is amazing. And I'm like shocked and I'm in awe every day of this world that I'm creating for myself and others. And so I, I do feel full responsibility and now I'm living that and committing others on my team to also take ownership of their situations and their lives and feel empowered mm -hmm. and just opening that awareness for them. has been so expansive. And I, I read what my team writes every day in our automated updates report. And, you know, there's so much gratitude there talking about their family life, their health, their mental health, their passions outside of work, all of these things. And they're really owning it. They're owning their like circumstances of their life, which makes me really proud. Mm. 
It's funny you say that. I remember in a, one of the first corporate reviews I had when I was in, in corporate, um, they asked about goals and I sort of brought some personal stuff into it and they sort of disregarded that and said, no, 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 we didn't want you to bring that into it. And I was just like, oh, okay. Um, but in hindsight, I think that was something that, you know, you needed in organisations because, again, what's your leader there for if they're not here to help you grow personally? Because if they can grow yeah. you personally, then they're going to grow you um, better for the company, you know? Like it just made sense to me, but it wasn't how things were done. Yeah, well, and you're 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 one human being. You're not two. You're not, you know, Lee at work and Lee at home. That was my big awakening was in January 2021. I was talking to my coach and I was like, Angie, I'm really tired of posturing and being dumb at work and Dom at home, I just want to be one human and show up a hundred percent the way that I am. And I want people at work to love me and accept me for how I am there and vice versa. I don't want to have to wear all these different avatars um, to deal and play corporate politics. I'm done with it. Yeah. And I, you know, I think I've had that sort of realization too in my career, but as soon as you can be comfortable being yourself at work or at home, you know, same person, Geez, it's just so much better immediately anyway, isn't it? Yeah, no, totally. It's it's expansive and, and the world just opens up for you and you can see and experience so much more. The people appreciate that too. So, you know, unless you're a real asshole or something, I think you know, people will appreciate you showing up as yourself. Yeah, no, they do. They do and they give you... They give you more. You know, today I had a conversation with one of my sorcerers in South Africa. We're talking about this um, leadership course we're going through together and we're accountability buddies. So we get on the call. We talk about the course for like two minutes and then we just caught up. How are you? What are you working on? What's interesting to you right now? Oh, he just moved. He's a DJ. He has a new girlfriend. He's so happy, blah, 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 like whatever it was. And then we just spent the rest of the time just connecting. And he said, you know what? I know we're supposed to talk about the course but it was just really good to connect with you I'm so happy you took time to spend with me I'm like yeah. of course like that's yeah. what you need to do human to human human to human that's it so you said like working on this yourself um consciousness and inwardly reflecting just trying to navigate that for the audience's benefit what was the what was the challenge because you said it's hard like what what is hard about looking inward you have to be ready for what comes up and it's not always pretty. So one of my most transformative healing experiences, I was in Tulum doing holotropic breath work, which is a pretty intense form of breath work. And, you know, I was in this group, like 40 people, men and women were all laying down with our eyes closed and you start to drop into this breath work and, you know, your consciousness changes a little bit. You get lightheaded or whatever. I'm starting to see visuals and flashbacks of things in my life and things I haven't thought about in years. And I'm crying and everyone's crying around me. And you're just like, whoa, what the? But after that, you come out of that experience and you start to unpack it and you start to integrate it a little bit. Mm. And that's when the, the changes start to happen. And that's when, you know, you realize more things about yourself. So I think when you dive into inner work and healing and it's hard because you have to, you're facing yourself and some people don't want to do that. And they choose to suppress and do other things that numb their feelings. I did that in COVID. I was drinking a lot more than I ever drank in my life and doing other things. Like you do things to just numb yourself. So you don't have to feel your feelings because yeah. when you are in your inner work, a lot of stuff comes up and you just have to be ready 
And you have to like have self-acceptance and know like, Hey, that came up, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong. You're all right. You're safe. You're loved. You're perfect as you are. And, and, um, you know, you just have to have the tools for that. You go, you got to start slow, start slow and be curious. Where do you start? Like with trying to figure out this, you know, consciousness, I I think it, you know, regardless of whether you're in the workplace or not as an individual level or as a leader, it's, um, it's important to, to do this work because as soon as you take responsibility for your life and, and understand who you are, the better you can manage it too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the greatest books I read twice was Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. He does a lot of retreats and meditations and stuff, but the book is good. It's a little dense. He's the chiropractor. So there's a lot of like sciencey terms in there, but you can get through it. And it's amazing because it talks about opening the, the frontal cortex of your brain for neuroplasticity and literally rewiring your thought patterns and processes and breaking the habit of being who you are and becoming who you want to be someone new, like shedding your old stuff and being in service to the new you. Um, so that was a really transformative book. I also loved the power of now uh, by Eckhart Tolle. Mm. That was a really good one. Another like kind of intense read. I had to read it twice, but that's a good one to just drop into some of your inner work and presence. And, you know, I have a laundry list of books, but I would start with breaking the habit of being yourself. That one really like took the lid off for me. Breaking the habit of being yourself. I'll stick that in the show notes. I haven't read that one. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. My husband read it. He's still kind of hobbling along reading it, but it's interesting. It's one of those books that you read. And then once it clicks for you, you tell everyone about it and you get, you know, word of mouth going and a little fire started for people who are curious. Nice. Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Um, What does your husband do? He's a design director in action sports industry. Okay. And how do you both connect on this level of consciousness? Do you both talk um, about it? <laughs> both, both on the same page? Because I know yeah. my wife and I are on, on quite different pages generally. Yeah, good question. Um, not always. We just had some really real conversations last weekend. We went away for a weekend and we're reflecting on 10 years married and 15 years together and really intentionally talking about what we want going forward in the future of our relationship and all of these things. And um, he is now on his inner work and healing and personal development journey. He's doing work with my coach. He just finished her men's group coaching program and he has his own like spiritual coach that he works with one-on-one. And so he's early into his journey. I'm a couple years into it. And for me, it was interesting because it's been something I really have been wanting for him. And I've been, you know, praying for us to be on um, a path together in the same direction. And now that he's on it, I have to be honest, like he's got a lot of energy. It's changed. He's stepping into his power. And I'm just not used to a lot of the behavior I'm seeing. It's all new for me. And so I had to go, whoa, okay this is different. And he said to me, well, how do you think I felt when you started doing this a couple of years ago? I was like, what the hell? Who's this new woke person living in my house? Like what the hell? So I think we're getting there. I think it's a, an evolution and I definitely feel closer being able to talk about these things. Cause when I was 
on my journey a couple of years ago, just starting out, just reading the books, just doing the coaching. He was kind of just eye rolling me and going, all right, settle down, you know, like not into what I had to say and thought it was way, way woo woo for him. And he was just knocked down. So now seeing that it took him a little while to get here, but he's joining me on this expansion. I'm excited. And I'm like, you know, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to see now, like, what does a conscious relationship uh, look like? Yeah. And that's so good that you had those conversations. I mean, that's this uh, next level, you know, and if both of you can get onto that same page, I, I can only imagine that that will, um, you know, I think that's where people are, you know, there's a lot of divorce and stuff going on in this world today. And I, I yeah, think it's I think gone it's prolific like, in the next, last, you know, since COVID, I feel like it's just gone a bit out of control. No one's sort of hanging in there together because it's easy now to just yeah. go your own way and do your own thing. And I don't think it's easy, actually. I, don't, I can't imagine it's being easy, but... Um, yeah. And I think that's probably because, you know, people aren't consciously aware of themselves. Yeah. They're not awake yet to their own stuff. It's, it's funny because we have an eight-year-old and, um, he will hear our conversations and our, you know, we all, I have like 50 coaches. We have coaches for everything in our lives. And we have these conversations that are very like calm and conscious, but they might be disagreements. And now my son will, even, you know, he'll say stuff. So he'll, he'll like, he'll coach us. So we'll be in the middle of conversation. He'll be like, sorry, mom, but you're just projecting on me because you and dad had a fight. And like, I'm not going to accept that as my own. And he just does a full unpack of a coaching conversation for me. And it's pretty funny. (laughs) We're just like, uh, okay. He's kind of schooling us on it. Yeah. It's so cool. No, I love it. Um, look, lovely chat and lots more we delve into. Going to wrap it up there. Where can people best reach out to you here, Dom? Yeah, you can reach out to me at my, my company websites, .connectllc.com. You can find me on Instagram at imdomfarnan um, on the gram. And uh, my website's also domfarnan.com. And LinkedIn as well, yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks for a chat and uh, many parting words. Awesome. No, thanks, Lee, so much. I really appreciate you. And um, yeah, I think I'll leave it there. See you down under somebody. Okay. See you later. Have a good one. Check it out, guys. Thehiddenwire.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwide.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. 
You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose. And in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is The Hidden Why. My name is Lee Manutzi. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.